0: Hello and welcome to the First and Football Show. I am your host Tobias Brown and folks, we are back with another 2023 NFL draft prospect interview. I'm joined today by Denison University defensive back Anthony Rooney. Anthony, how are we doing today, man? Doing good, man. Glad to be
1: here and ready to talk some football.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. I want to jump right into the talking football, but I want to go all the way back to the early years for you. You're from Florida, correct? Yep. West Palm Beach. Tell me a little bit about where you grew up and how you came to the game of football.
1: Yeah, I grew up in West Palm Beach. Uh, I started playing football when I was about five years old and Pop Warner down there for the Palm Beach Garden Gators. Uh, I played a lot of running back and linebacker. And then once I got into sixth grade, I started playing middle school football. Uh and that's when I started playing receiver and DB. And finally when I made the high school, I started playing safety.
0: So you you go from Florida, which is like sunny, nice weather. We all want to go there, to Denison in central Ohio. So you're gonna have to walk me through that one because not too many people are willingly coming up to central Ohio. So what went into the decision to go be a part of the big red?
1: Well, i First off, I was doing uh, a bunch of like recruiting camps and Denison found me at a, it was called the South Florida Select and that one was a lot of Ivy Leagues, NESCAC schools and Denison and a couple other of the NCAC schools. So I started talking to their defensive coordinator there and they offered me pretty early before my senior year and unfortunately that ended up being one of my few offers that I got to play football. And I was appreciative of that and took a visit, uh, fell in love with the school. I got a lot of family out in Pittsburgh, and that's only about two and a half hours away. So it ended up working out pretty well. I also I wanted to play football in the snow. That's always been seen something on TV. I was like, that'd be pretty cool to do. And luckily for my last game this last senior year, I did get to do that.
0: You know, Denison is, I mean, one of the more gorgeous campuses we have here in Ohio. Granville is just a really cool town to get to live in and be a part of. So obviously, Denison, though, is a huge academic, prestigious school academics wise. How much of the academics played a portion into your college decision, too? Because a lot of people don't understand D3, you're not getting athletic scholarship. So academics does always have to play a part in it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to obviously Denison's a very high academic school. And that was a big part of it, too, because when I was looking at schools, I was looking at NESCACs. And a lot of the small D3 liberal arts schools to sort of, you know, not just be another number at a school. I wanted to be something that was like more tight knit. And Denison, yeah, once they offered me, I saw that they're very high academically, especially in the state of Ohio. They were one of the better schools. And that was an interest of mine, especially to set up life after football. To get me sort of something good on my resume.
0: Had you been to Ohio before Denison started recruiting you?
1: Uh, I'd been to Cleveland a couple of times. Uh, I went to a couple of Steeler Brown games. Um, but yeah, other than that, when I went and visited, that was my first time ever being in like Columbus area. So a lot of farmland out there.
0: I was going to say, did we disappoint or are you missing the beach yet? No, I mean, once winter hit, yeah,
1: I was like, I, I can't wait to get back home. So spring break was always circled on my calendar, but, uh, I had family that grew up in Philadelphia area and central Ohio sort of reminded me of that just a lot of farmland and small areas.
0: And I didn't mind it at all. So, you know, talk about you get to Denison, you know, your first, you know, fall camp as a collegiate athlete. Did you have a moment that freshman year where you step on campus, you put the pads on it's college football and you're just like, Holy crap. Like this is, this is big boy football.
1: Yeah, that's what I originally came into Denison as a receiver and because uh, we had a lot of numbers at safety. So I was trying to get on the field any way possible. And about two weeks into camp, uh, our one safety ended up getting knocked out for the rest of the season. So I moved back to safety and ended up staying there. But so I, that whole freshman year, I didn't really play at all. I think I played three snaps in our last game. Uh, but that was more of like a learning moment where I was just taking it in. And I had luckily had a couple seniors ahead of me and they helped me get to where I needed to be to where I was playing sophomore year. So that's what, I mean, we played JV games too. So that helped a lot too in order to sort of familiarize myself with the defensive schematics and stuff like that.
0: Were you familiar with like, you know, because a lot of people don't realize that, you know, D3, D2, there is JV still at those lower level college. Were you aware of that when you came into it or when the coaching staff says, hey, you're going to play this JV game where you kind of look at him like, what are you talking about?
1: Well, that's – it's funny because our coach never called it JV. He called a red squad, and when he was recruiting me, I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. So, like, once we got to camp, they gave us the schedule and it had the whole season on it at, like, ten games that we were going to play, and then next to that was, like, four or five that they called red squad games. So I'm like, I wonder what that is. And then I pretty soon found out that that was like the JV and we were playing on Sundays. Uh, so I was missing a lot of NFL football, but I was glad to be playing in general. It just it made it seem like, you know, sitting around and waiting for my chance to play more worth it.
0: So, you know, talk about, you know, your time at Denison as a whole, you know, a lot of people may not be familiar with the NCAC, some of the competition you guys play. Could you touch on maybe some of the guys you got to go up against and just really how tough the competition is there that you guys are playing at against Denison?
1: Yeah, we played a lot of good players Uh, to name a few Wabash. They they're known for recruiting heavily. Uh, so they have a good quarterback. His name's Liam Thompson. He's a part of the Manny passing Academy and he gets an invite to that every year. So that goes to show you that he's a pretty good player. Um And then we've had guys from like Wittenberg over the couple of years where they get guys from like Kentucky to come transfer over and play for them. Uh, So, and then like Mountain Union, for instance, we played them in the playoffs. I didn't get to play that game, but I just got to saw the level of talent they had. They also had a lot of D1 guys. Uh, I think they made the championship that year. I'm not sure if they won, but um, yeah, I mean, NCAC football is no joke. They get a lot of good players. I've been lucky enough too, or Dennison. We've had a couple of really good guys, like Alex Minton, for instance, he was a really good running back we had. And then Trey Favracini from this year, he's another one. He's the real deal.
0: So, you know, talk about you know, coming from Florida to Ohio, a lot of people don't understand Florida doesn't have D3 schools. So some Florida guys maybe aren't as familiar with the D3 level of football. Had you always been familiar with it and, you know, the level of competition that was there, or did it come as a surprise when you got there and started seeing just how really impressive D3 football still is? That's what,
1: like, I've always viewed, you know, obviously high-end Division one football, you get all the insane players from college, And but growing up through high school, we had a lot of guys go to Division three, so I would sort of see, like, those tier of players where they're really good, but they're missing, like, height, weight, you know, speed, et cetera, but they're still finding schools to go play out and go get a really good education at the same time. So, yeah, that was, it was weird because I wasn't familiar with all the division one schools. I only knew a couple from guys that were recruited there and went to go play. So like, for instance, we had a couple of guys go to Hobart and like union. So I knew like that division, but I didn't know like how ex- like extensive division three football was. So, yeah, it would, it was obviously very eye-opening that first year getting to see like the amount of talent that there is in division three football.
0: So, you know, you do five years at Denison and five years at one place, you're going to build a lot of memories. Is there one memory on the field that maybe stands out as being a little more special than the rest? Uh, yeah, this year for
1: sure. Uh, we went to Wabash and we beat them for the first time. I since, think since 1966 or something. Uh, so that was this pretty special win. Came down to the last second. We won on a – two-second left touchdown. I had a nice one-handed interception that game, too. Uh, Just coming off, I broke my middle finger in the game before, so I didn't really – I was still figuring out what was wrong with my hand and was lucky enough to be able to play that game and obviously made a big contribution to it. So that that definitely is one of my favorite memories of playing at Denison in the five years.
0: You know, so you brought up getting an interception. And then, you know, today's football, every time a defensive – you know any guy on defense gets a turnover you know it's almost like the whole unit has like an amazing celebration whether it be running to the other end zone for a picture just whatever it may be did you ever have a go-to celebration move or was it just whatever hit you in the moment it's
1: sort of whatever hit me in the moment uh I wouldn't say like I'd have a dance or anything down but I was more like a Tom Brady like uh LFG moment like I was more of that guy I basically just give the ball right back to the ref and go back to the sideline, make it seem like I've been there before, which isn't often defensively.
0: So, you know, we talked about you, obviously the goal now, now that the college career has wrapped up is to play some pro football. So talk about what went in ultimately to your decision to pursue a pro career. And what were the emotions like when you made it official? Like, Hey, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to try and play professional football.
1: It's funny that there really wasn't much of a decision behind it. I've, I love the game of football. Like I said, I've been playing since I was five. So I'm trying to do whatever I can to play as long as I can. And I'm just
0: trying to take every step possible in order to continue to do so. So what's that process look like for you now? Obviously everybody knows about the pre-draft process and, you know, the combine workouts, but what does that look like specifically for you since declaring?
1: It's been more of, you know trying to focus on myself working out obviously uh you know just trying to make connections and stuff and doing shows like this to put myself out there more and get some more recognition uh obviously posting stuff but yeah obviously being a d3 athlete's a little bit different than a d1 guy but uh yeah i'm just doing everything possible to get my name out there
0: you know and we're going to get into a little bit of some of the other stuff you're doing right now, later on. But one thing that people don't understand when you go through this process, you put yourself out there to be a pro athlete, you're going to get scrutinized by scouts like crazy scouts are going to have terms that they use to describe the way you play football. So if you though, in your own words could describe the way you play the game of football, how would you describe it?
1: I would say that I'm a smart player where you know, you're going to get the best out of me once the game's on the line. Like, those clutch moments, I live for those moments, and I always feel like I come through whenever the team needs me to.
0: You know, we talked about, you know, you playing safety, but having that little bit of experience at wide receiver really does kind of help you to be able to know what a receiver's going to do. But there's a lot of really good defensive back prospects in this year's draft class. So what separates you from some of the other guys that you're going to be going up against in this year's class?
1: I would say my instincts for sure uh, have helped me a lot throughout the way. Uh, Like we pointed, I did play receiver, so I feel like my ball skills are pretty high up there. If I really needed to go play receiver, I feel like I could go do that now. That's being a little cocky, but I, I feel that way.
0: You know, and where's that confidence come from? I wouldn't call it cocky because the statistics show that you produce when you're out there no matter where it's at. So where's that confidence come from knowing like, hey, if the coaches call my number, if my team needs me to step up, I'm going to be able to do it.
1: I think it's just from all the experience of playing uh, that, and I do put a lot of work when it comes to film. So I feel like, you know, when it does come to two minutes, I don't even need to think about schematics and stuff. I just need to go – I know where to put myself in position in order to make a play. And if the ball comes my way then I know I'm going to be able to do it.
0: You know, when you talk about that film prep. A lot of people don't understand, you know, you can be the most gifted athlete on the field, but if you're not in the film room, if you're not studying the playbook, you're going to get got at some point. So talk a little bit about what is your film room routine and how do you feel it helps separate you from other guys?
1: So once the games are over on Saturday, we pretty much get film usually that night or early next morning. So I'll just watch it through myself and I'll critique myself and figure out what I need to do and what needs to change and what I liked and what I didn't like. Uh, And then we usually meet as a unit and I'll discuss with my coach, usually one-on-one like what he thought and he'll give me notes and everything and sort of give me a grade for that week. I view it as long as I get an A, I feel like I'd had a pretty good game. But if it's in the B range, I feel like I did some things that obviously need to be worked on throughout practice that week. Um, and then once we get the game film of our next opponent, I start looking at formations. I start looking for like little ticks and nacks that they have in order to figure out maybe like if they line up this way, it's always a run or a pass vice versa, uh, guy on the ball, guy offs, see what type of routes they run. Um, And then, yeah, I try and figure out all their schematics, basically, of certain route combinations that they do, and especially, like, where they are based on, like, uh, positioning on the field and stuff like that, so...
0: You know, so one question I always love to ask guys, and it's always interesting to see where they, you know, where they answer based off their position, but I'm going to have you rank three different aspects of being a football player. You know, one being the most important and three being the least important. If you could rank the film room, the weight room and the practice field, where are you putting them one to three?
1: I'm putting film one. uh, I'm going to say practice field two and then weight room three. I feel like you got to be able to see it do it. And then you got to be able to work on yourself in the weight room. I feel like those are the three most important or in that order.
0: That That is pretty spot on. In my opinion, I, you would be shocked to know. I have yet to have a special teams, a kicker or a punter, put the film <laughs> uh, the weight room. Number one, I mean, Oh,
1: well, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Kickers, especially,
0: you know, so one thing that I don't think guys realize is, you know, is, you know people hear D three draft prospect and they're like, well, you know, Well, what's it going to take for you to get your foot in the door? And one of those things is going to be the off the field character. I mean, when you, I mean, you know it, you know, better than anyone to get into an NFL room to get your foot in the door, you got to be a high character individual. So if one of these 32 NFL teams takes a shot on you, what are they getting from you as a person?
1: They're getting a real smart player. Uh, They're getting somebody who has been a leader. Uh, I like to lead by example. Uh, I'm not a super raw rock guy but I like to show people what I can do and what they should do in order to follow that in order for us to be a closer bonded unit um, yeah I feel like they're getting somebody who's going to give them 110 percent every single day
0: you know so we buried the lead here you know we talked about you as a football player and darn impressive to come from Florida which By the way, we haven't even touched yet on Florida high school football. I'm sure you probably could tell us a few things about that. Am I wrong?
1: Yeah, there's definitely something in the water down there in Florida when it comes to breeding football players. Uh, I've played with numerous NFL guys now. Uh, I've been coached by numerous ex-NFL guys. Uh, Florida is definitely – I mean, I'm not going to – you know start anything but florida definitely is the breeding grounds of nfl style football players
0: That might be the most humble answer i've got and every other florida guy i talk to is like we're better just period point blank we're better
1: (laughs) well i mean like you think of like california you think of texas but i when you think of the biggest states in the country i mean florida's one of them so yeah they got to be at least top three
0: Did you ever cover a wide receiver in high school that, you know, now looking back on it, you're like, man, I locked him up. If I can do that, I know I can do this at the next level.
1: Uh, I'm trying to think like I've gone against Kevin Austin. Uh, He got me a couple of times though. I'll give him that. But yeah, there there's definitely like Kyrie, for example, I played it with him and obviously practiced against him and stuff. And I, he is a first round draft pick, so he is a lot better than I am, but uh Just being able to play with those guys, like definitely where I feel like I can compete, even though they might have an edge over me because they're a lot more athletic, et cetera. But I feel like I can still contribute.
0: So, you know, people maybe at the beginning of the interview recognized your last name a little bit, the Rooney last name. And you've alluded to going to some Steelers games. So I I guess we'll ask the silly question. Did you grow up a Steelers fan?
1: I did. I did grow up a Steelers fan. I didn't have much choice, uh, but it's definitely been a blessing. And, you know, just being able to put my name with football, I think, and being able to play, too, at a high level, uh, obviously, is a very cool thing.
0: So if folks haven't figured it out by now, you are related to the Rooney family, obviously, that uh, that owns the Pittsburgh Steelers. So. Uh, Folks might feel like, oh, you had no choice but to like football, but talk a little bit about, you know, how you, you know, have gotten to forge your own path within football. Obviously, you know, we're going to get into the things you're doing with Pittsburgh today, but you you really have gotten to uniquely forge your own path in football. What's that been like for you?
1: It's been a really cool experience. Obviously, I've had, you know, a lot more insight and been able to get inside the ropes a lot better than a lot of people have when it comes to NFL. Uh, I'm very blessed, you know, to be a Rooney. Uh, with that. You know, I've always wanted to sort of make my own name. And I think it'd be pretty cool to be able to contribute to the NFL as a different Rooney, whereas it comes to my great grandfather and my uncles and et cetera.
0: So talk about, you know, you obviously now are doing things with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, you and I talked about it. You were recently here in January named a scouting intern for the Steelers. What was that process like? Obviously, that hasn't deterred the goal. Your goal is still to play professional football. So how have you been able to balance the two of starting to do some front office work while also still pursuing your own pro career?
1: It's been a, it's been a really cool experience. Uh, I got the internship. My, my one cousin's a scout, and I've always been talking to him the last couple of years, like, trying to figure out how to make it in the scouting world. And luckily, you know, some things opened up to where I could join the team once I graduated school in December. And yeah, I've been interning out for a month, which has been pretty crazy, especially with all the draft stuff that's going on now in free agency. But uh, it's been cool. Like I get to see how guys that are going to get drafted, if, like for sure, how they operate, what's going through their mind. Uh, I get to see what scouts are really looking at when it comes to certain players. So like, I sort of take that feedback and I try to think about like my own personal game and uh, things that I need to work on and add to in order to make my resume
0: a lot better as a football player. Um, So yeah, that's been, it's been really cool experience so far. So what have you gotten to do as a scouting intern? Because people hear scouting intern and they're like, well, what 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 does that entail? Obviously, there, there's probably a lot that goes into it. So what are some of the day-to-day operations you get to do?
1: Uh, right now, I've just been doing a little things like getting guys coffee and stuff. But uh, I, I've had to look at a couple of players, uh, sort of scout them, give them a stealer value, uh, what they could potentially bring to the team, uh, doing stuff like, trying to make sure that everyone that's on our list is entering the draft and not, you know, in the transfer portal or decided to go back late. Uh, Yeah. It's just, it's a lot of little things. Like I'm, I'm not making any shots or anything where it comes to who we're going to take in the first round, but uh, I'm just trying to make everyone's life a little bit easier by doing the little things for them.
0: But you're on you. I mean, you are on the ground floor of really an exciting time for the Steeler organization. You know, Kevin Colbert, Gosh, how long did has he been running the drafts? There, this is the first year, and how many years that he's not going to be the head of the guy at the draft table?
1: Yeah, it's it's been. I think Kevin's been with us for almost thirty years, uh, or a little less. But yeah, it's it's definitely cool seeing the regime change uh, with Omar and Andy Weidel, uh, and I've just you know been sort of picking their brains and stuff and what they see in guys and trying to figure out like who's going to be best fit for our team through them. Uh, But, yeah, it's definitely we're seeing some changes, but they're good changes. Uh, Yeah, but what Kevin did in the past, we obviously have had a lot of really good players with him uh, and had a lot of success under Kevin and appreciate everything he's done.
0: So you know, you talk about obviously you, you grew up a Steelers fan, and for good reason. But yeah, growing up, did you ever have a favorite player that never wore the black and gold?
1: Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, hmm.
0: If you say Ed Reed, I might I might be shocked here.
1: <laughs> I, that that was the first name that did pop into my head was Ed Reed. Uh, he obviously was a cool guy. I mean, I hated pl- seeing us play against him because he. He is a stealer killer, but uh, yeah, I've, I've always viewed my game sort of similar to his where it's physical, but at the same time, like ball making skills and stuff like that. Uh, I've always loved crushing a receiver and getting to see him on like sound effects and stuff. That was awesome. But yeah, sadly, I probably would say Ed Reed was one of those guys. I wish that was in a black and gold uniform.
0: So would Ed Reed have just come in after Troy retired or how how are we working this out? Because my my like eight year old brain picturing them in a secondary together is just getting way too excited now.
1: Yeah, that would have been an insane duo because, I mean, Troy, he's had his big hits, but Troy was more of a game manager and a instincts guy. Whereas Ed Reed, he was a punisher. And uh, I mean, he, he made some smart plays, too. But, yeah, that definitely would have been a hell of a duo in the back. I don't think anyone would be able to complete any balls against them over the middle.
0: I tell you what, Ben would have had a fun practice every day. Oh, yeah.
1: He would have gotten a lot better, that's for sure.
0: So, you know, we talk about, obviously, you know, you as a football player, the football pedigree and the football family you come from. But was there ever a moment as a kid where you were like, yeah, maybe I don't want to play football? Was there any other sports or any other extracurriculars growing up? You were like, yeah, man, maybe I want to go play baseball or something. I've always
1: been an athlete. Uh, Growing up, my dad, he always encouraged playing as many sports as possible. Uh, I've been playing golf for a long time. I played baseball. Uh, I tried to play basketball. I wasn't very good at it. Uh, I played, we had roller hockey. We didn't have ice hockey, but I played that. That was a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've always been around sports, but football has definitely been one. Me and my brother, we used to always play in the house and My mom wasn't too happy. We'd break probably 20 lamps a year just tackling each other against the couch and stuff like that. But, yeah, football is always sort of like priority number one. Once, I mean, there was a time where I played uh, Pop Warner and I played middle school football at the same time. That's how much I loved playing it. Just I couldn't get enough of it.
0: So was there ever a moment, though, you talked about Denison being one of the few offers you had coming out of high school. Was there ever a moment where you were, you know, kind of like, man, I, I thought I was going to get more offers. Do I really want to keep playing or did or you just always like, you know what? I have an offer, one offer is enough for me.
1: There was a point where, you know, I, I had film out. We, we had guys like Kair, uh, Jordan Travis was also on our team from Florida State. Uh, we had another kid named Martin Weiss. He, was, he went and played tackle at uh, University of Virginia. So there was a point where I was like, my I have good You know, Tate, I feel like my highlights are pretty good and similar to a lot of those guys, but I don't know. I just wasn't getting the looks that, like, they were. And I contributed that to maybe I was a little bit undersized. But, yeah, there was definitely a part where I was a little worried that I might not be able to play at the next level. And I am very fortunate enough that Dennison came along. And once I got that opportunity, I ran with it and wanted to prove everyone wrong that I could play.
0: You know, and obviously you being from Florida coming all the way up to central Ohio, it it takes a strong support system to even feel comfortable to make a move like that. So talk about the support system you've had in place and just how much they've meant to you on your football journey.
1: Yeah, my support system would really be my mom and dad. Uh, They've always supported me in anything I've done. Uh, My dad did play a large role when it came to recruiting. He was always a guy I'd look at and whenever we'd go visit a school and I'd sort of ask him like, what did he think? He'd be like, Oh, I think they're really interested. Or he'd be like, I think they just wanted to walk you around and, you know, sort of have you there to say they had you there. But, uh, yeah, when I went and visited Denison, I knew that it was going to be the right place for me when I asked my dad and he's like, this is the best school we've looked at so far out of like, you know, 30 or 40 schools that we toured during that whole junior end of junior year. And, that's what made the decision easy for me once my senior year was done. Sort of having the okay from him.
0: Do you remember your first NFL game? Obviously you, you talked about going to some Brown Steelers games. Do you remember, is there maybe one NFL game that stands out as like, yeah, I'm kind of glad I went to that one.
1: Uh, I mean, this is going to be a, but Super Bowl 43, uh, when Santonio Holmes caught that one in the end zone, that that's one that's always stuck with me. I remember it. More because Larry Fitzgerald catching that touchdown across the middle and then taking the lead late. And I was like, I was like, we, we won all these games. We came all this way. That's like, we were up big going into half and we just lost because a, a guy from, you know, University of Pittsburgh came and beat us basically. And I remember I was crying and my mom sort of sat me down. She's like, it's going to be okay. Big Ben's got us. And luckily, him and Santonio did. So I'm, that's always something I will remember.
0: Which, which point were you more hyped for though? Cause I mean, in that game too, James Harrison had like one of the most memorable touchdowns as well. So whose touchdown had you more hyped in the moment? James Harrison's or San Antonio Holmes's?
1: I think San Antonio's nothing against James Harrison's, but uh, San Antonio's ultimately won us that game. Uh, but I remember James Harrison's I was, it was the slowest play I've ever watched. Uh, It was just one of those, like the time, a time never, or just stood still. I was like, when is this play going to be over? He just kept going and going. I was like, he's going to score and he's still at the 50 yard line. (laughs) So that, that was one of those, but yeah, I can't discredit San Antonio's touchdown. That was awesome.
0: So, you know, obviously with you being in the scouting internship role now, people are going to ask, you know, Hey, Do you plan to go back to front office work when your pro career is over? Is that something that you think, you know, you're already ready for when your career, your pro career is over is to get back into that scouting front office role.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I mean, this is what I'm interested in. I'm interested in playing or working in football. Uh, I, I just, I don't want to leave the game. I love it too much. Uh, I love winning. I feel like football is one of those rare things. The amount of work you put into it is exactly what you're going to get out. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love everything about it, you know, putting together a team, uh, making sure everything's in the right places in order for us to be successful. So, yeah, I, I'd say I want to be in the football business as long as possible.
0: So I got to ask, how, how close did Kevin Costner in the movie Draft Day get to emulating what front office life is really like? Is it almost eye for eye? I'd say it's nothing
1: close. I'd say, I'd say Moneyball is pretty close, though, uh, especially the way they like to pick guys. And I, I, after watching that movie and experience what I've experienced now, I'd say that movie is about 90% realistic, whereas draft day, nobody's draft, or nobody's trading a first-round pick for a three second-round picks. So,
0: so are, you, are you the Brad Pitt or Jonah Hill right now? Which, where, where are we going here if we're going Moneyball? Uh, I'm definitely Jonah Hill right now. That's not a bad person. Hopefully one day I'll be Brad Pitt. (laughs) So I have to ask you, too, you know, obviously growing up around the Steelers, you've gotten to, I mean, I'm assuming you followed the draft for years. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I,
1: I can remember, like, 2012, that's really when I started following the draft. I'd always get, like, these scouting books from, I think it's called Our Lads, and I'd always just, you know, read off guys. Uh, I'd always be crossing guys out that were drafted that we didn't take. And then I'd always go back and sort of look and be like, oh, what did we miss with this guy? And et cetera. But, yeah, I've, I've just always loved everything about football. And I think the
0: drafts are cool as part of the whole so NFL experience. Who was, you know, little kid Anthony scouting that you were like, we need to take him. And then you guys didn't take him and he now has gone on to be a solid NFL player. Is there anyone that comes to mind that you're like calling up the family? Like, Hey, I was 12 and I told you so.
1: Well, that's a, it's funny. Some people might not believe this, but Travis Kelsey, he, he was a guy I did have on my list and I think he was taking the fifth round. And I remember it was just sort of towards the end of Heath's career. I was like, we really need to get a tight end. And I just remember watching Travis Kelsey highlights and, sort of just reading about him like this dude's a big guy and he catches obviously very well and he's a little he's quick for a tight end which at that time was unheard of but uh yeah Travis Kelsey's I mean you know who's going to believe me but uh that is definitely a guy I I had on my list
0: so you know a lot of people don't understand what goes into scouting someone a lot of people think you just watch the film always oh, good let's take him what what really goes into scouting when you scout a guy how much of it is film how much of it's background work? I mean, what what's that breakdown look like?
1: I would say it's probably 60% film. Uh, and then I'd say it's probably 20% like combine slash pro day. You want to see how they practice, obviously. Uh, and then what the extra 10%, that's probably more character. Where if guys are getting in trouble or you hear that they're, you know, obviously a bad person when it comes to surrounding others uh that's not somebody you want in your locker room but yeah film is a large part of it because i mean tape doesn't lie you you see everyone's strengths and weaknesses when it comes to film um and then yeah obviously like practice you want to see if they take practice seriously you want to see how they engage around like other guys that are in the pro day make sure that they're a good teammate etc but i'd say film's most important
0: so, you know, with you doing the scouting and being a scouting intern and still working on your own pro days and still getting your own pro opportunities, how do you feel you've done it balancing that? Obviously, you've talked about some of the mental leg up you've been able to get, being able to see what scouts are looking for when they scout, you know, your position. But how do you feel physically you're still able to stay in peak performance shape right now?
1: That's a, It's definitely a, a challenge, uh, obviously, because my days are long. Um, I really utilize training at night after I'm done. I'm not much of an early riser guy, but uh, yeah, I make sure that I work out every day. I'm trying to stay in as best shape as I can. Uh, at the same time, I'm trying to make do a good job within the scouting realm to make a name for myself uh, so that I eventually can move up in the scouting ranks. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a grind, um, but I enjoy it. Uh, anything I can do in order to stay
0: in the game, either way, I'm willing to do. So at what point did you realize, like, hey, I, I, I'm interested in scouting versus necessarily other avenues in football? A lot of people think that, you know, scouting is kind of this, you know, it's the footwork. A lot of people don't understand just how hard it is to be a scout. So at what point did you really get interested? I know you talked about your cousin being in it. When did you decide that, like, hey, scouting might be something I really enjoy?
1: That's it. I mean, I've done a couple of internships, uh, and I luckily, my freshman year, I, it's going to sound weird, but I did a, like, week-long internship with the Browns where I sort of worked with every little position. Because I always knew I wanted to be in football. I wasn't sure exactly what it would be. And luckily, I got to fall around and scout for a day with the Cleveland Browns. And just seeing what he did, I thought it was awesome. Um, and I really, I was like, I, I want to do what that guy does. And I was very fortunate enough to get to the situation where I am today, where I'm actually doing that.
0: Dude, you were a Rooney with the Browns?
1: Yeah, it was weird. But uh, we we have good ties with uh, Jimmy and, I, yeah, it's Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns. So, luckily, they, they brought me in and made me feel like home uh, and – I will – I'm not going to credit myself, but the Browns did have a pretty good season after that, and they did beat us in the
0: playoffs, so. So this would have been your freshman year of college, so we're talking, yeah. what, like 2018?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So did you help bring in Denzel Ward? Are you the reason Denzel Ward is solidified the secondary? I, I wish I could say that.
1: <laughs> uh, I was there when they did hard knocks, though, so that was pretty cool getting to see all of that. Um, obviously, that was Baker's first year. So, yeah, it was awesome seeing the amount of guys that brought in that year that became playmakers for them. Unfortunately, it's been a mess since, but uh, hopefully they can get back on track because they were getting close there to making a real
0: good football team. So what was Thanksgiving like that year? Like, your, your, your family's obviously all got, probably got black and gold on. I mean, and you're over here like, yeah, yeah, you know, the Browns, we're doing a lot of really good stuff this year. Like, what – were you even allowed at Thanksgiving dinner that year?
1: I, I was allowed. Uh, I obviously, my allegiance was with the Steelers, but I anytime the Steelers weren't playing the Browns, I'd always be like, oh, I'm, I'm glad the Browns are winning. It's making me look good at least. I was like, uh, maybe I can get something out of it. But yeah, uh, no, everyone was very supportive. They're, they thought it was awesome that I was trying to do my own thing. and But I'm glad now that I'm, obviously with the team that my great-grandfather started. I think it's pretty cool.
0: When when did it really hit you that, like, hey, you know, like some of us, like, you know, I, we all know what our great-grandparents did. I mean, anybody whose grandparents are still around, you probably hear stories about how they hiked to school up a mountain both ways barefoot, you know. So we all hear about our grandparents, but when did it really hit you that your great-grandpa helped to, f- you know, f- found the Steelers? When did that really start to be something That resonated with you as a kid and what what's that been like just growing up around that?
1: It's obviously been very, you know, I'm like I said, I'm very grateful that it's happened. Uh I didn't get to meet him, but just the amount of stories I've heard with the amount of people he's helped and the things he's done for the city of Pittsburgh's been awesome. Uh I'm just glad that you know I'm a part of something like that. It definitely probably started to hit once I got a little bit older, like you know, fifth grade. I was like, man, what he did was awesome. And I start looking into his history and everything that he's done. And it's just like I want to be, you know, just as good of a person as he was once I get up there.
0: You know, so obviously now, though, you're getting to forge your own path. So with all of that, obviously, we know your family history. We know what the Steelers have done as an organization over the years. What's it feel like, though, as you're like, in these scouting meetings but in the back of your mind you're like hey man I still got something to give on the football field too well what are the emotions like when you're sitting here watching some film on a guy but in the back of your mind you're like man I wonder if I could lock him up yeah that
1: that is an interesting point because it crosses your head all the time you're watching guys you're like man I can't believe that you know this guy's getting a look and I'm not but it's you know sticking to the plan there's a plan for everything and you're like uh, maybe one of these days somebody will look into my tape and hopefully you know I'll be given that opportunity that they were, but like you said, uh, there's 32 teams. They everyone has a rookie mini camp and they have like 30 guys for each, and you're just hoping to be one of those guys. Uh And then when it comes to their multiple leagues now, you got the XFL, CFL, so you're just hoping that somebody out there is like I'm watching them. You're just hoping somebody's out there watching me.
0: Are you? are you doing a pro day or you go into any of these, you know, regional combines or anything? What's, what's the plan right now as far as that goes for you?
1: I haven't been invited to anything right now. So it's just sort of waiting and seeing and sort of hoping something happens, but yeah, it's just playing the waiting game right now.
0: So what, what day to day, you know, you talked about the evening workouts and the evening grind. Have you, have you looked at an agent or are you really just right now? Like, Hey, I'm staying in football shape. I've got my film out there. And if somebody calls, great. If not, I'm fully ready to dive into the front office work. What's the mindset like right now?
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't have an agent or anything. It's just if it happens, it happens. Uh, If not, I feel like I've set myself up pretty well for the two-way go here. If it goes one way, then, yeah, I can go and take a shot on it. But if not, I have, you know, scouting to rely on right now. So I'm in a very good place right now.
0: You know, five years ago when the college career started, would you have thought that you would be in this place, whether, it, you know, an opportunity to play professional football, but also, you know, be looking at, I mean, let's just be honest. You're going to be faced with the decision of, you know, I, I have this scouting internship. I have the opportunity. I, my foot is in the door scouting wise, or do I go play pro football? Did you ever think five years ago that that would be an opportunity?
1: No, nah, it's never crossed my head. Uh, yeah, five years ago, I was just glad that somebody took a chance on me to play football. And I never knew at the time if I'd even be, you know, a, have a role on the team. So I'm fortunate enough that I, you know, worked my butt off and got to where I am today. And uh, just thankful. Like like I said, there's a plan for everything. And I'm just glad my plan is taken to where it is today.
0: So if you weren't doing football, what, what, what would Anthony Rooney be a pro at if he wasn't doing football? Hmm.
1: I'd probably really focus on my golf game. Uh, that's that's uh golf has always had a special place in my heart just because of me and my dad and the amount of rounds we've played. But I'd definitely be giving golf a shot.
0: What's your best score you've had on an 18 hole course?
1: Uh, best score 75. I shot that uh, in January actually. So okay. it, it was. I won't say it was a fluke round. My dad might say it was. Uh, I thought I played pretty good that whole week. And I was able to beat him. So now I got that over him. But yeah, so are you same. going
0: some pro ams here? I mean, or are, are you going the Tony Romo route? Like what are we doing here?
1: Uh I don't know. We'll see what my summer schedule clears up. But uh I I mean I try to play in as many competitive things as I can. Like I played in golf tournaments, I played in a couple last summer. I obviously didn't play very good in them, but uh yeah, me and my dad we'd sign up, we'd play in them. We played good, we played good, we played bad, we played bad. But yeah. Golf's always something I'm looking to do whenever it's nice out.
0: So obviously with, you know, you being, you know, a Rooney and getting to be around the Steelers, you've obviously probably got to be around some cool dudes within the league. Is there one guy that like his reputation precedes himself as far as like that dude's just really that great of a guy. Is there a guy that stands out in your head that you're like, yeah, he's worth being a big fan of. Cause he was just that special of a person too.
1: Yeah. I definitely would say Cameron Hayward is, uh, basically what you see is what you get. Uh, He's a great football player. He's a tough dude, but off the field, he's been up for the Walter Payton man of the year a couple of times now, and he's as nice as it gets. Uh, You know, he's a very kind person. He's always looking out for others. Uh, This past week, for instance, we had our assistant head coach retired, uh, Coach Mitch. He was with us for 29 years, and Cam took the time out of his, you know, vacation to come back out to Pittsburgh and say a couple words about his favorite coach, and that was just some that was very touching to see because he was the only defensive lineman that is currently on the team that was there.
0: You know, and a lot of people talk about culture that gets built in the NFL. You know, we hear about the Patriot Way all the time and what Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft have built there, but Pittsburgh may be the foundation. The Rooneys you guys have had the reins there in Pittsburgh the whole time, you know, you guys don't hire very many head coaches they stay around for a while. Mike Tomlin obviously famously has never had a losing season. So what, what's the culture like there now that you're in, you know, the scouting role as well, obviously you grew up around it, getting to go to the games, be around the guys, but now that you're, you know, we, we Google your name, it's on the Steeler website. Now, mm-hmm. what, what's the culture like now that you're in the door?
1: Yeah, culture is definitely winning. Uh, We want to do whatever we can to put ourselves to have a competitive roster. Uh, Year in, year out, our goal is always to have a top five roster and injuries play a factory. Though obviously we didn't have Big Ben this past year, so a lot of things were changing, but as you can see, the team really turned around after the bye week last year and gave ourselves a shot at the playoffs, which we love to see, but uh, yeah, our standard's always been to have a top five roster, and I feel like we're trying to do that right now, obviously, is get just get better.
0: Do you have a game this year? I, you know, obviously we've talked about your season this year at Denison. Did you get to watch more NFL games this year now that, you know, you were playing on Saturdays and not Sundays on that red team schedule?
1: Yeah. Uh, I definitely got to watch a lot of games in the second half of the season. Uh, trying to think. Best game – I love that we played Baltimore at Baltimore this year. Kenny Pickett threw a touchdown with about 30 seconds left to close it out. That was my favorite game to watch this year. Um, Just seeing him grow it has been awesome. Uh, He's – I mean, Big Ben's got big shoes to fill when it comes to Kenny. But, yeah, Kenny's definitely – he's making strides and love to see that.
0: I was going to say, that whole draft class as a whole, I mean, whether it be George there at wide receiver, George Pickens, obviously, I mean – guys really just year in and year out might not hit on every draft pick, but the vast majority of draft picks come in and contribute there in Pittsburgh, which, I mean, I mean, you talked about being a part of the Browns did not, not, not a, not always as good. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's always amazing to see what, I want to ask, you know, you obviously have seen every level of football being around now at the NFL level, the highest level it's played at, being there in Florida at that high school level and getting to be with guys like Kyrie Elam, and then being at the D three level, you know, on this show, we really like to help shed a light on, you know, that there's talent at every level. It's not D one or bust. You can go D three and still play great football. If you could tell someone, you know, about D three football, what would be something you would want people to know more about it?
1: Yeah. Division three football. It obviously it's, it's not D one. It's not the same standard, but Division three football is still a very competitive league. Uh, You're going to get the same experience that you would get when it comes to playing, you know, Division one. You're just not going to have everything that comes with it, obviously. But uh, yeah, you're still playing top end talent. You see a lot of guys go from Division one that aren't getting a lot of playing time. They'll go to D3 just to play. And that's what I love about Division three football. It's highly competitive, but at the same time, like, you're there to play and you're there to make a name for yourself. And yeah, anyone's going the D3 route, you you know what you're getting out of. And division three also is very high academics too. So football is taking you to a place where you can play the game that you love, but at the same time, it's helping you once football's over, over with and you have a very good education behind yourself.
0: So I'm going to ask you probably the toughest question of this interview. who's your favorite Steeler of all time
1: favorite Steeler of all time I'd say Heinz Ward that dude he's tough man and for a wide receiver he hit like a linebacker
0: uh I just loved watching him he's one of the toughest dudes I've ever seen play hey he's he's currently coaching a friend of the show here you know there in the XFL we've had Divine Buckram on a couple times and Divine's down there in San Antonio with Heinz Ward right now so
1: yeah, it, that's awesome to see. uh He was with the Steelers in 2017,
0: but yeah, he's definitely
1: been growing when it comes to the coaching world. Like, he was at FAU and he was with the Jets for a while. So I'm really glad to see that he's still in the football world and getting in the Hall of Fame soon. We're hoping. Yeah, I I, I still don't know how he's not in it. uh It sucks. Obviously, there are a lot of great players like. It's hard to put him over guys like Calvin Johnson that come out, but I think his time's definitely going to be here soon. Uh, He's got a hell of a resume as a football player.
0: Best blocking wide receiver I've ever watched play, that's for sure. Yeah, I'd agree. So, you know, one thing we love to do on this show is we love to give advice to high school athletes. And I want to have you you know, start by giving advice to a high school athlete that's going through the recruiting process right right now and maybe was in a similar position that you were in where – They felt that their film was good enough to get the looks. They felt that their film deserved more offers, but they're not getting them. And, you know, maybe they're getting a little frustrated with the lack of offers. What would you tell a kid who's currently in that position? I just would
1: say you got to hang tough, man. I mean, we all know it's a tough sport. Uh, You got to stick with it. Obviously there's a plan for everything. That's been the theme I've been saying. Uh, You just, you got to stick with it. Um, your, Your time will come. There's, there's nothing to worry about. And then once you get that offer, you got to make sure that's the right choice for you. And once it comes that, you got to obviously prove all those guys wrong that didn't recruit you that you wanted to.
0: You know, and obviously with you playing safety, I want to ask you a position specific question. If you could talk to a young high school safety that's looking to elevate their play, looking to make their game just a little bit better so they can get noticed, what would you tell them to really focus on or maybe start to be able to have just a little bit better game?
1: There's two things. Uh, obviously as a safety, you got to be a really good tackler that that seems like it is becoming a part of the game where it's not as important as other people seem, but yeah, wrap up tackling. That's a big one. Not just any of that shoulder stuff. I, I mean, I'm a victim of doing that, but if you want to play in the next level, you can't be throwing your shoulder around. You got to learn how to tackle properly. And then with that too, like, having ball skills, that's a huge, huge thing. Uh, Being able to pick off in high point balls um, just, you know, makes it's obviously a great thing on the stat sheet to be able to intercept balls and have passes defended, but yeah, having great ball skills, that'll put you high up in the ranks too.
0: So, you know, obviously we've discussed, you know, your family, the Steeler lineage, what you're doing right now in the scouting world but obviously like we talked about at the very beginning, you're a 2023 NFL draft prospect. You're a pro prospect at heart. The goal is, is that when we have you on next time, it's you telling us how your rookie season's going. So at the end of the day, we've talked about what you bring on the field and we've talked about the type of person you are off the field. Why should one of these 32 NFL teams though, take a shot on Anthony Rooney and bring you in as a football player.
1: They should take a shot. on me because, uh, They know they're going to get a good guy in the locker room. They know they're going to get somebody that's going to give 110% and somebody that they can rely on when it comes down to, you know, who needs to make that big play in the game. And I feel like I'm somebody that can fill that void for them.
0: Anthony, I've had an absolute blast having you on the show today, man. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time out of the day to do this. This is awesome.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. And folks, That is Anthony Rooney, 2023 NFL draft prospect, defensive back from Denison University. But that's all we got for you guys this time. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. But until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one.